Yes, we also have the Earth Balance uh, Vegetable Battery Spread 438. Okay, Earth Balance Original Vegetable. Okay, you got it. Okay. What is the other one? The Market Side Jalapeno Artichoke Dip. Market Side Jalapeno. Okay, yes, I got it. What is the other one? The Hillshire Farm Premium Carved Oven Roasted Turkey Breast, six ninety eight. Hillshire Farm Premium, six ninety eight. Okay, yes, I got it. What is the other one, sir? The Pedigree Chopped Ground Dinner, canned wet, six forty. Okay, sir. Uh, I'm sorry. Can you please repeat the name for this item? The uh, Pedigree Chopped Ground Dinner, dog food, six dollars forty. Okay. Yes. Pretty great. I got it. Okay, sir. The Coffee okay, Mate. The five yeah, the Coffee Mate Natural Bliss Sweet Creamer, four ninety eight. Okay, yes, I got it. And the Cabot the Extra Sharp one? Cheddar Cheese, two pounds, eight dollars eighty six cents. Cabot Extra Sharp. Yes, I got it. So and this is all the missing items, sir. Yes, all the missing items there. Well, Alex, I think we can all agree that he's a massive. Oh, dear me. Yes, it's very annoying, is it? Incredibly annoying when you've got several missing items. I have no sweet cream and no jalapeno artichoke dip. What am I going to do? <laughs> Welcome along to the program. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese. Episode 174. It's a Sunday sermon. It's a Sunday service. Hope you're having a lovely day. We're having a fake spring. Yes, it was rumbling and tumbling and a small little drum roll towards spring. But you know what? The meteorological forecast is faking it. Yes, they're faking it yet again. It is not a full spring action, ladies and gentlemen. I have another four to five, six inches of snow coming. Yes, yeah, so the long johns are out again. The, uh, the pajamas that are thin enough and slender enough to go under the uh, trousers are back out again and uh, going to be some double socking action. So I know I see all these pictures around of people with daffodils are blooming, miles and miles of daffodils are blooming. It still feels like the middle of winter here. And uh, I, I'm not going to, I'm certainly not going to wax myself clean for the beach yet. I'm not going to do any bikini waxing until until this winter's gone away because you need as much Sasquatch fur as you can get when it comes to the bitter chill of the Colorado winter. And I hope you had a lovely weekend. I know some of you are having the Sunday scaries, aren't you? Probably around this time. But hopefully this eases away those, uh, those fears, the, that restlessness that may give you a bad night's sleep on a Sunday night. I mean, you could just listen to this, probably this nonsense of my missing orders, basically. Now, I've got enough potatoes to last me, probably, uh, for the end of the world. But, you know, when you haven't got sweet cream, when you haven't got artichoke dip, what are you going to do? And I have no cheese. I've run out of cheese, almost run out of cheese. I have the two-pound block left. But, you know, I need at least four or five pounds blocks of cheese just in case. Just for my uh, toasted panini habit. That's, uh, that's without a doubt. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of forlorn at the moment. And it is, as I said, 
uh, first world problems. But uh, welcome along to the podcast. Get into a comfortable pair of socks. I hope somebody's listening under the covers. I'd love that. Maybe by candlelight. Sort of, if you've got Wee Willy Winkle out and you're listening to the podcast by candlelight, then good on you. I love that. Send me a note. Send me, send me a telegram to let me know where you listen to the podcast. Is it your favorite reclining chair? I mean, I can't believe anybody listens to this podcast whilst working out. Because, I mean, it's going to make you more slovenly. You're probably going to want a nice cup of uh, cauliflower or broccoli cheese cheddar soup. Something along those lines. So it's not ideal for a workout. And it, if you're just about to start a marathon and you put on a marathon showcase of keep calm and cauliflower cheese, that's probably not going to help you as well. But I imagine if you're having trouble going to sleep, if you're just trying to relax a little bit, you're trying to forget. I think, I think this is the forget-me-not of all podcasts. It helps you and gives you a little bit of pure escapism for just maybe 45 minutes before you have to return to the real world. So I was wondering if you could help me. If you, the listener, could help your dear host, Chappie, uh, overcome a, a little problem that I have. It, well, not that problem, but no, the problem that I have is... I, I, I cannot seem to, I've lost the art of shaving. Now, maybe I have to go back to cheap sort of Bic razors, but I'm doing that uh, shaver delivery, razor delivery type of thing now. And the, the razors work quite well for about uh, maybe a day or two and then start to blunt. So I have that problem going on. Now I shaved in the shower, but I think you get a very wet face. And I think a wet face is optimal when it comes to shaving. And then you sort of lather up, have this beautiful sort of oatmeal Lavino type of uh, shave gel. Um, and, it, and it works quite well in the showers. I think my face is wetter. Now I started because I've been cutting myself up something rotten. I've told, told you about this before, where I basically, um, it's like instituting maybe a thousand cuts. It's death by a thousand cuts all over my face. I mean, I look like Scarface on the chin. I've got one cut, one cut, uh, one side of my dimple and then the other side of the dimple I've got another cut now maybe that's a problem maybe if you're trying to shave the Grand Canyon <laughs> I know where your mind's going now but no my my dimple my cleft in my chin uh, it's like the Grand Canyon and I think it, it is more prominent each side of that cleft than I start cutting myself so I don't know what I'm doing here but I've got two big old cuts there. Then I've got to cut down the side of my face. Then I have the two scars that my sister, when she scratched me when we were younger, naughty, naughty sister, um, I've got those too. So I'm, I'm becoming quite sort of uh, bedraggled, beweathered, whatever you want to call. I'm, I'm beginning to look like a uh, press gang pirate. Uh, that's, that's, my, that's my new look, I think. But the problem that I'm having, though, is I cannot get all of the hair. Now I have a few wispy hairs on either side of the moustache line that I can't seem to shave. Even with that little piece, that little blade, that single blade that one of the best, best known brand razors has, and you can like try to trim areas that are difficult to get to. Yes, get your mind out of the gutter, please. Um, and so right under the nostrils, when you have a large sort of overhanging nose, Though that single blade is not going to work, and I've cut the, 
I don't know if you ever cut the bottom of your nose, because when I'm trying to cut this, the, the blade extends up and then cuts the like the bottom just below the nostrils, whatever that is. Not the perineum, that's somewhere else, I think. Um, but it, it, all sorts of blood dripping down, and I've cut that so many times, people probably think that that part of my nose... I mean, I think it's the part of the nose that dissolves when you have too much cocaine, which is obviously my problem, but... It's beginning to like and cut it so many times. I really, I really don't know what to do. It's it's, it's quite a problem. Uh, so any suggestions there? Now I do have one of those gentleman persuaders kits uh, that you know, did quite a good good job um, trimming nasal hair, but it's not so good on those wispy pieces of the hair just under the nostrils and those wispy pieces of moustache hair. And then I have that piece of hair just below the lip. That I believe was like quite fashionable for bands like Blink 182 uh, and also Sugar Ray, but I don't want that sort of uh, late 90s uh, grunge, pop, rocky type of look. That's not really what I'm going for, in in all truth. Uh, so yeah, that's the, that's the problem that I have. If you can find something that can, and I've and I've tried the blade that really, it's what the it's what the barbers would use. It's a straight edge blade. And I've tried that as well, but I've cut myself to beggary as well. So if you've got any any answers to a man with an overhanging large nose trying to trim those little little pieces of hair just under the nostrils, uh, send a postcard to New Tappy Chappy Towers in Colorado, and I'm sure it'll read. So on Friday's show, we discussed uh, how you can buy preheated, uh, pre-cooked jacket potatoes, and I said it's probably the laziest thing ever. Also, how. People have started fat-shaming my corgi, and I worry that they're fat-shaming your owner. And also the issues, I had my toe run over by a disabled lady in a wheelchair the other week, and then I sprained it when it got caught up in a hole in my boxer shorts. Yeah, these are sort of problems that we're having. But today we're going to talk about the mulleted golfer who won the Players' Championship last week, uh, how I'm developing maybe a hand wart that must be genetic, uh, Hawkeyes are watching me, white pizza sauce, how it can change your life, how long can you keep daylight saving times uh, going? We mentioned these topics, but also the deep fried Cadbury's cream egg. Have you ever tried it before? I saw it. I want to try it. Weight loss apps and also how I need to do some uh, keto homework. We do have more Trump or trombone. We may have another rape my plate as well. And lots of nonsensical stories that will tickle your fancy, hopefully on the way before the end of the show. So many people are going back to the office and I wanted to give you six ways to keep your dog entertained while you're at work or if you're out and about somewhere. On the heels of the great resignations of great return to work, unless you can bring your dog to work with you or have a trusted doggy daycare or choose to switch jobs to reduce hours, etc., etc., you may be feeling pretty guilty about leaving your pet at home when inevitably return to work, you're not alone. Truth be told, many dogs do just fine and simply relax and sleep for a good part of the day while we stress out at work. Many, not including all dogs, some are too young to handle all the time alone and others are separate, uh, struggling with separation anxiety or some other condition that makes them uh, being at home without you truly traumatic or just unpleasant. We're talking about behaviorally healthy dogs who don't really mind the daily rhythm that includes the regular workday absence. Uh, but obviously, most dogs would prefer that you stayed at home. Along with making sure their basic needs are met, what else should you do to provide your dog's while they're gone some dogs are fine with a cozy place to snooze others may be satisfied with a compatible dog buddy or some toys 
Others need a little help in finding interesting ways to stay occupied. That's where the activity stations come on. Activity stations are just what they sound like, places for dogs to engage in activities. This sounds absolutely fantastic, doesn't it? Tug toy station. If you like some tugging and you like a tug toy station, and my my rather rotund corgi does like poking her blanket through the cage and playing some sort of tug of war at about 5.30 in the morning with the cage, the crate crashing against uh, the wall. So the tug toy station, though, some stations are extremely simple, involving nothing more than a tug toy attached to the wall with a carabiner and a sturdy hook. Dogs also like to tug, uh, well, don't we all, often as best if the toy is a little stretchy to compensate for the fact that nobody is on the other end giving it life and motion. The toy must be safe and there should be no chance of the dog choking. A tug station is not suitable dogs who would either become too obsessive about it or too frustrated by it. I mean, how do you do that? Do you have to take your dog to a psychologist before? The batting toy station, a related activity station, is for dogs who like to bat at toys rather than tug them. As long as the dog won't become entangled in the toy or attempt to ingest it, this sort of station can occupy dogs for many hours. The snack station. Now, this could be good for the corgi here. Another simple activity station consists of providing your dog with something safe to chew and eat. This doesn't necessarily mean that you have to buy hundreds of new items. Rotating your dog's durable favorites supplemented by an occasional dew treat keeps this activity station from costing a fortune. If you have to hide and seek treats, you can also keep your dog occupied by making the whole house, or at least one room, a place for food searching activity. High treats while your dog is in another room saying, find your treats and then head out for the day. I think that sounds rather amazing. I, I mean, don't you as an adult miss the sort of hide and seek? I mean, it was one of the most funnest games, wasn't it? Hide and hide and well, I think in America they say hide and go seek. The toy basket. This is also a great activity station, but for most dogs, it's only appealing if the contents change frequently. To maintain your dog's interest, rotate toys in and out and add new ones regularly. And then the solo fetch station for dogs that like to fetch independent play may seem harder to provide. However, some dogs can be taught to fetch their own using a ball, a ramp or an eye fetch. This sounds very complicated. There needs to be enough space for them to chase after the ball without injuring themselves. It takes practice and patience, but it's what the, once a dog gets it, they are able to play on their own. So for these activity stations, number one, introduce your dog to one new station at a time. Number two, work step by step. Don't expect your dog to go immediately from expressing some interest to full engagement. And then do what you can to make the station enticing by choosing equipment wisely or applying peanut butter as appropriate at both ends. You know what? I want to stay home and look for the peanut butter and lick it all day long. So when did we get to the situation where golfers stop being preppy? Now, when I was growing up, you had the Argyle sweaters. You had even a golfer, Payne Stewart, used to wear those plus twos, those plus fours as a throwback to the 1930s. Uh, but you had beautiful sweaters, you had colourful trousers, colourful slacks. But now we've got to the situation where you've basically got mulleted golfers winning huge tournaments. I know John Daly was, I don't think he was mulleted in 1991. Uh, but he might have been the first mulleted golfer of the recent age. But we had an Aussie win last week who had a very, very impressive mullet. He had a sort of, sort of porn star uh, handlebar moustache and he had a sort of wispy beard. Now, what have we done to allow our golfers to basically have these huge trucker hats with a mullet 
going on at the back. Party definitely at the back with this wispiness going on as well. I mean, talk about razors. This guy definitely needed a good razor. And, it, and, it, and I miss the preppiness of, of golf. I mean, I'm fearful now, like in the UK, back in the 1980s, if you ever wore shorts, you had to have socks up to the knees. I mean, I know men sometimes do have very ugly, hairy knees, and that's probably why you need a longish sock. But I'll be very disappointed if you can go now and you've got guys wearing like dad shorts or board shorts or something along these lines on a fairly exclusive golf course. Because there's nothing better in the summer to press a chino and go and play golf looking rather preppy. And then in the autumn, to have a, like a light sweater on, the collar obviously. I mean, you had to wear collared shirts as well. I think we're getting to the point in time where it'll be more of a norm seeing a golfer uh, with a, a mullet sticking out the back of his hat, some wispy beard, and indeed a hoodie. So are the warts or carbuncles genetic? Because my mother has had on her hand this sort of carbuncle thing for many, many years. You know, and I'm I, you're going to call me a mean son here, but I often tease her about it. But I've started, I think I've got some sort of wart or lump or something, some fatty deposit developing on my hand. I think it's that, the same hand in exactly the same place. So I'm wondering, is this part sort of genetically? I know, and I think I talked about this on a podcast before, that um, if you have some Viking in you, and we're not talking literally, but if you have some Viking in you, genetics, blood, etc., then you might be more prone to that disease where your little pinky finger, your tiny finger, your small finger, as you get older, starts to encroach inwards towards the palm. And then you need a uh, like an operation to cut it, to free it, so it straightens up. But apparently only people with Viking blood have that sort of issue. So, I mean, this is another genetic situation here. And I feel like, you know, should I be rubbing it with a gold ring or something along those lines? But I believe that's an old wise tale as well that does help. But I've suddenly got this thing on my hand. Now, it may well go away. Um, you know, I don't know if I should like try to burn it off or something. But there it is in all its glory or beginnings of its glory. And I think it must be uh, must be something that possibly runs in the family here. I want to introduce you to the simple cucumber sandwich, a staple of English tea service. Cucumber sandwiches come to the table on a tiered tray that are stacked high with other tiny sandwiches and scones and clotted cream, the combo of crisp, thinly sliced cucumbers surrounded by hereby cream cheese on squishy white bread makes them one of the favorite tea sandwiches. They're small, light, easy to shove four of them in your mouth at once. This is the afternoon tea, so decorum is expected. Dulce est decorum est. Luckily for me, cucumber sandwiches aren't just for great for afternoon tea. They're also a lovely option for a luncheon, a baby shower, a, a brunch spread, a picnic, anytime you might be serving a crowd. I mean, I like uh, cucumbers with uh, uh, tinned uh, salmon or tuna, a little bit of vinegar. Absolutely delicious of that in the summertime. Cucumbers are so full of water, so pulling out some of the water before you assemble the sandwiches will help keep the bread from getting too soggy or you need a hardy loaf. Start by placing the sliced cucumbers in a fine mesh strainer. 
I don't, this seems a lot of hard work, doesn't it? Sprinkle them over with salt, then set the strainer over a bowl as the cucumbers sit. The salt will dry up the excesses of water from the cucumbers and the water will drain into the bowl. So this is how you should make a cucumber sandwich. While the cucumbers are draining, make the cream cheese spread by mixing together softened cream cheese, mayonnaise, dill, chives, and some seasonings. Spread the cream cheese mixture on two slices of white bread, leaving a very small border. Make sure you have the border. It's a little bit like the uh, the pork pie with the gelatin in there that I and my, I talked to my mother today. We both like to remove the gelatin. This is probably why we've got a wart forming in our hand. We need the gelatin in the pork pie. Then you have to layer the cucumbers in the sandwich on top of the cream cheese and top with the other piece of bread. Traditionally, cucumber sandwiches have the crust cut off and are cut into quarters. One loaf of white bread will make about seven whole sandwiches. So how to store the cucumber sandwiches? These aren't great sandwiches to make ahead of time because the bread will dry out and the water will continue to release from the cucumbers. You can, however, make them one day ahead of time. Stack the sandwiches on a serving plate, then tightly, without squishing, wrap the sandwich with a plastic wrap to keep the bread from drying out. Will that make the cucumber sweat though? I mean, you just don't want a sweaty cucumber, do you? Alternatively, you can make the cream cheese mixture a day ahead and assemble the sandwiches the day of. So what should you serve with the cucumber sandwich? You are serving a traditional tea spread. You can serve the cucumber sandwiches and other types of tea sandwiches, such as curry chicken, like a coronation chicken, egg salad love an egg salad arrange them on a tiered tray with some scones clotted cream jam and some treats with some little adorable brownies little finger cakes oh lovely here are a couple of beauties from the week here mum 34 orders a four thousand five hundred dollar pound uber from salford to help ukraine after one too many double pink jeans and a shot of Sambuca. And also you can call the fake pizza uh, hotline here. Uh, if you want to call the fake pizza hotline a perfect a simulation of the pizza ordering experience, no pizza will be made or sent to you. That's a fake pizza hotline guarantee. Vegan and gluten-free options are indeed available. And I accidentally scoffed a Cadbury's cream egg worth £10,000. I feel like an idiot. A student claims they accidentally gobbled a Cadbury's cream egg worth £10,000. The devastated 21-year-old said they were at the lowest point in their life following the expensive mistake. The poster claims they scoffed the very expensive cream egg. In January, Cadbury announced it had hidden 146 limited edition chocolates around the country and the shoppers could win up to £10,000 if they found one. The special egg is made out of half-white chocolate and half milk chocolate and is full of the classic sugary filling in an anonymous reddit post the unnamed egg gobbler said i am an international student studying in the uk and i don't really keep up with the ads here a few months ago cabra released 146 uh, prize winning eggs across the country with a chance of winning a range of cash prizes including ten thousand pounds which is half the university tuition long story short scrolled through the instagram today saw the prize winning egg that looked identical to the one i ate a couple of hours ago i don't actually know what else to say other than the utter defeat i th think that i've officially hit the lowest point in the short 21 years of my life winners who snag the wear treats are urged not to take a bite instead need to call the number on the ticket under the foil last year cabries gave away golden cream eggs and the winners bagged five thousand pounds lucky mum won five thousand pounds just before christmas when she found a hidden golden ticket in an oldie chocolate bar 
I mean, the thing is, though, as long as you keep the wrapper, it doesn't matter. You can eat the egg as long as the wrapper isn't intact and you have the number to call it. But talking of Cadbury's cream eggs, I did see on a local fish shop something that I really, really want. Now, I'm probably not going to be in the UK until Christmas time. So I'm wondering if somebody could freeze a Cadbury's cream egg for me and then I can take it into this fish shop and then you can have a deep fried Cadbury's cream egg. Now, I've seen the deep fried Mars bars before, but I'm just wondering, will the egg keep its deep fried consistency? I mean, will it? Will you have the situation where all of that molten gooiness, the sort of white, yellow, yolk-like uh, substance, the sweet yolk-like substance that uh, emanates from the egg and gets all around your nose, will that be as uh, prominent when you when you actually deep fry the egg? Like the baked Alaska, that uh, you sort of bake this frozen dessert, don't you? And it's beautiful inside. It's a beautiful sort of molten taste inside and i wonder if if the uh, cream egg will keep its integrity if uh, if it's deep fried or what will happen but i need a, an egg probably frozen a cream egg frozen from we're nearly easter until christmas so i can take it into the chippy and they can deep fry this cream egg for me because i think you probably have a heart attack on the spot but you would die very happy as that molten yolk drips down your chin as he apologized for the loudly barking dog that he swore wasn't like this with other people in higher income brackets, local pet owner David Muskin told a man he encountered on a walk on Tuesday that his golden doodle wasn't good with anybody who earns less than six figures. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. You must smell your net worth is below $250,000, said Muskin, explaining the breed of the dog simply did not have a good track record with middle-income or working-class people. Are you by any chance from a lower socioeconomic background? He may, he, he may calm down if you show him a few account statements with decent balances. I swear it isn't you. It's your salary. At, at, at press time, Muskin was reportedly scolded the Golden Doodle for biting a pedestrian who was living from paycheck to indeed paycheck. The fancy fashion house Balenciaga have become the subject of jokes after creating an unbelievably expensive bag that really looks like an old Tesco grocery shopping carrier bag. Seriously, we've never seen a Tesco bag. This is a wild coincidence. And if they've done it deliberately, you can have to ask what their purpose is. The bag features the iconic blue stripes on a white background that everybody in the UK can recognize as a Tesco bag. And the logo is even a similar place. It bears the name of the fashion house rather than the supermarket chain. The real supply prize is indeed the price. Okay, so the fact that the Balenciaga bag is so expensive, maybe it isn't the biggest shock in the world. But the fact is that something looking like it costs £925 and looks like something you pick up for 10 pence in a supermarket will definitely take people aback. Perhaps it's made from the finest materials and crafted by experts, but it still looks like something you carry around in your shopping around in the 1980s. Strangely enough, though, it isn't the first time that Balenciaga has attracted attention for releasing a product that looks like a shopping bag. In 2017, they put out a blue bag that cost over £1,000 and looked identical to the one like those big IKEA bags that when buying flat pack furniture and meatballs. Now, I mean, basically, they've got... They're amazing because they're conning the shopper to part with more than a thousand dollars or a thousand pounds, come up with an idea 
that isn't even original. At least when you carry around the humble Tesco bag, even though it's made out of plastic and no inside pockets whatever, Balenciaga have described their latest creation as the modern interpretation of the archetypal bag. The archetypal bag? Tesco will be happy with that. A little bit of a revelation for you. Now, everybody loves their pizza with the red tomato sauce and the cheese on top. I mean, I do like myself a Chicago pizza. There's basically, you've got the cheese inside the crust with the red tomato sauce on top. If you haven't had a Chicago-style pizza, like from Cafe Uno or Giordano's or something along those lines, you are definitely missing out. Very hard to find in other parts of the country, but absolutely delicious. But I plead to you, try the white sauce pizza, the white pizza, try it. Now, take off the red sauce, and what you're left is a beautiful uh, mozzarella cheese with ricotta, ricotta. There's a little bit of a slight hint of garlic in there as well, in the seasoning. But you've got a beautiful, like, cheesy slice. It's almost like the cheesy bread without the tomato sauce that could possibly give you the tum-tum issues. And I, I, I think this could be my pizza now of choice. Uh, now, if they did that with the stuffed cheese in the crust, I think it would probably be a foodgasm. So there's a bit of debate about uh, getting rid of daylight savings time. So I mean, you have the situation, it's uh, uh, fall back, uh, spring forward. And this has been going on, I think, since 1918, since, uh, since World War I. A lot of the Western world has this, but a lot of people want to do away with it so you have uh, more time in the evenings, even winter with more daylight. But the problem you have is the children and yourselves will be dragging out your, yourself out of bed. It doesn't matter if you get up at 6 o'clock. If you got up at 8 o'clock, it would still be dark. This is a preposterous idea. But there are people out there who, with this uh, daylight savings situation going on, where they're saying, well, you know what, I've lost, I've lost an hour. So I'm going to I'm going to keep sleeping an extra hour. So if they woke up at nine o'clock, they're going to wake up at 10 o'clock. My question to you is, how long can you keep the excuse of daylight saving times going on? Could you keep it going on all year until the clocks go back again? I mean, I'm sure there's some cheeky individuals who will probably give that a try just so, so they can sneak in that extra hour. Okay, so in Rate My Plate today, we have the classic full English breakfast. This is from Steve V. He has a nice cup of tea, good color, reddish color to it, two bits of buttered toast, two fried slices, some hash browns, three rashes of bacon. You've, he's got like the Bermuda Triangle of sausages that's uh, in, really creating some sort of water break with the baked beans inserted. So you've got a triangular, a good triangular meal of baked beans, the sausages forming the triangle, two fried eggs over easy, and two types of black pudding. And this is what... The responses have said on Rate My Plate on Twitter, a cunning plan to corral the beans, ensuring they don't come into contact with the eggs, triggering a whole load of... Ah! Is that two types of black pudding? I would murder that. Nicely presented. Agree about the bean corral. No tomatoes is a loss. And I mean fresh, not tinned. I think you'll have toast and fried bread. You don't need the hash brown parasite. Sausage is undercooked and a bit chunky. Chipolatas should be banned from uh, from a fried English breakfast. Eggs poached, please. Can't fault this. Love the bean enclosure. 
I've made a few notes. Bacon, 10 on 10. Mushrooms, bingo, black pudding, snap. Beautiful use of the sausages as breakwater. Minor criticism, a bigger plate required. I'm not nitpicking on the whole, but a very good effort. 8.5 out of 10. Uh, love hash browns, but no place on a full English, I'm afraid. Hash browns with no place on any plate, let alone a full English. Can a Brit explain to me why you all act weird around hash browns? Thought haggis was Scottish. So it's not actually black pudding on the plate. It's a piece of haggis, a slice of haggis on the plate here. Excellent. And this is what everybody loves here. Excellent use of the sausages to act as a breakwater between the eggs and the beans. Yeah, welcome to Trump or Trombone. A Manchester woman was left wondering if she unwittingly made an enemy when a dead bat was posted for a letterbox. But Faye Hancock said it's another normal day in Ramsbottom after it turned out to be a bizarre mix-up. A good Samaritan was trying to get the animal to one of the neighbours who looks after sick bats. The mum of two was sat in the lounge when her kids, when she received the horrifying package, it was an envelope with a freezer bag. Somebody inside it, uh, something was black inside it. I pierced the bag and, and it stunk. It was a bat. Puzzled over why somebody would give it to her, she rang her kid's dad, who works as a police officer. He started laughing. He asked if, any, if she had upset anybody. Um, but uh, after checking with the landlord to see if uh, she had any enemies, Faye asked her neighbours for ring doorbell footage from March the 7th. She only, uh, only after she posted on Facebook that she discovered it was an innocent mistake made by a well-meaning woman who stumbled across the bat. She was posting it through to see why it had died. She got the wrong house. She was mortified. Uh, but Faye can now sleep again. Now the incident has indeed been cleared up. An apology was issued, but they really wanted to pick up a penguin. And the security firm boss took it upon himself to perform a one-man protest by clearing a Sainsbury's of all of its Russian-branded vodka. Mike Ockleford uh, admitted he got into a slight altercation with an obnoxious member of staff at the Sainsbury's in Basildon. He said he was acting on the spur of the moment when he had to, went to buy cake for his office and spotted the bottles. He put the Russian standard vodka into the shopping trolley and then took them to the front of the store when he asked to see the manager. They uh, said they would contact him with head office uh, to ask for advice. In the meantime, another manager was asked to return the bottles, sparking an argument. It wasn't an attempt to steal it, it was to make a point. I was offended that it was selling Russian vodka given what Russia has done and the sanctions. I went in there for some cake for the office. It was all very spontaneous. After the event, he was left in shaken and still stirring with 59 cartons of orange juice too. The sad parrot who refused to talk after his owner died has finally found a voice telling his new keepers to f*** off. Jesse the potty mouth African Grey was so down in the dumps he started to pluck out his own feathers. But the animal rescue workers now found Jesse a new home and he's making himself very comfortable. His four letter outbursts are accompanied by various rude sounds. He loves to make fart noises, jokes and swear. His language is awful. Jesse was nattering away soon after arrived at the new house in Aberdare, South Wales. She said his personality is really coming out. He just makes us roar with laughter. When uh, rescue workers at Ashley Heath Animal Centre in Dorset first found Jesse into their care, it was clear he'd experienced more than his fair share of grief and stress. He seemed lonely 
and depressed after such a loss. We knew we wanted to get Jesse into a home environment as soon as possible. Now the gobby bird has struck up a rapport with the dog behaviorist Rachel and he's settling in well with her family and the two dogs and cats. After learning Rachel's partner calls her babe, he also shouts babe to get attention then tells her to fuck off. When I tell Jesse he's funny, he responds, yeah, I'm fucking hilarious. He even watches my partner play PlayStation at last when the character dies. He looks forward to seeing her foul-mouthed friend's personality and confidence grow uh, as he makes himself at home. We absolutely love him. The parrot's language has really ruffled a few feathers. Shiver the timbers after giving his new owners the bird. And finally, a Florida man has taken Wilde to another level after he allegedly called police with a peculiar request. Police from the Hernando County Sheriff's Office said Thomas Eugene Kalishi was concerned about drugs he had recently purchased. Why on God's earth would you notify the authorities that your allegedly illegal activities is beyond us? But it's a pressing question that needed answering. The 41-year-old called 911 and asked them to come and test the drugs he had bought from somebody at a bar. He tested himself, but he was worried it was a bath salts and, uh, because it isn't giving him the high he's used to. He then really dug himself into a hole when he told officers he was an experienced drug user who'd used meth before and therefore knew what it should feel like. He showed the police two small bags containing white-like substances, handing it over to the officers present. Not only did Clucci uh, want to have what he had hoped uh, purchased tested for authenticity, he hoped that the others uh, would keep others from buying fake drugs. He wanted police to uh, put the person in trouble for selling it to him in the first place, but alas, he could not provide any information about the shady dude he bought it from. Unfortunately for Colucci, the substance in the bags was in fact meth. Now that you've established that Colucci isn't the brightest light on the Christmas tea, it'll be no shock to discover the police promptly turned up and arrested him. Police promptly uh, put this Class A idiot in the back of the patrol van where he started experiencing chest pains. He was later cleared by a doctor. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese, episode 174. Hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you've had a lovely weekend. I mean, I know most people in the UK are having maybe two weeks of spring. As I said, I'm ready for maybe the last chapter of winter. But dare I say it, uh, it may not be the case. And I'll have to get the long johns out one more time. Wrap everything up. Sock over the old boy. Everything needs to be Kate warm. We don't want anything turning into an icicle, do we? But if you like the podcast, like and subscribe where you can across all the platforms. So we have Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker Slacker. We have Pandora, iHeartRadio. We have Audible, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts as well. Have the show. So you can basically listen to it absolutely anywhere. But if you do like your music, if you like some sort of musical interim, if you like some garish tunes and bombastic tunes between the relaxed, delicious, delightful host, the dulcet tones of your dear chappy, then you can have the Musical Emporium Butler playlist on Spotify where we have music interspersed with the nonsensical utterings of a deranged butler. So if you like that, then listen to the uh, Music Important Butter Butler Spotify edition 
of the podcast. It'd be nice to have a butter edition of the podcast as well, isn't it? Where you can try and spread your most delicious Irish salted butter on uh, on your favourite podcast host. That That's a possibility as well, maybe, uh, for a future edition of the podcast. But coming up next, we do have a poem. This is the Song of March. With winter's footprints in the past and snows begin to melt at last, with longer days and shorter nights, the wayward winds of March take flight. Four winds she holds within her grip, then hurls them from her fingertip. Her woolly, fleecy clouds of white, she sets in skies of blue delight. Her wild bouts of gusty breezes roar through the valleys, hills and trees. That high-pitched whistling song she sings awakens earth and flowering things. She tears a hole into heaven's sky so sun can shine and rain can cry she gently calms as spring draws near as blooming daffodils appear she welcomes april showers and then gathers her dwindling winds now long journey home begins knowing she'll be back this way upon a cold late winter's day when nights grow short and gray days grow long listen for her whistling song I will be back again uh, the weekend, towards the weekend, uh, probably with one edition with my lovely daughters who are coming to stay with me. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, they'll be joining me, probably castigating me and dismissing me and rolling their eyes during the podcast, which is a very welcome addition to suppress one's ego. Until next time, have a lovely week. Until then, cheerio.